So we told you that we were going to connect with single individuals, people who are out there looking for love in the pandemic. But first, we started with married couples. And our first married couple is Will and Serenity. We had so much fun interviewing them and connecting with them. They had so much love, so much energy, so much fun um, uh, with us. And they dropped a lot of gems. Like so many. And just listen closely for when they talk about MOTs and mm. exit strategies and uh, releasing creatively. Those are just some of the terms that they used in conversation with us. So you want to stay tuned and hear the context behind each one of those. You don't want to miss out. So here it is. All right. So uh, welcome to Necessity. We have a couple on board. This is our first time bringing couples to our podcast. And we're really excited to welcome our first uh, pair, and that is Will and Serenity Smith. So, welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you. Hey, hey guys. Hey. hey. Um, so, um, I may know a little bit about you all because our children uh, play together and have met each other through school, and that's how we were able to be connected. And I'm so grateful for our connection. Um, and even some of our listeners, they're going to get to know you through this this interview. So I think we want to start off with, how did you meet? How did you find Right. Okay. So um, back in 2009. 2009. Yes. On MySpace. Wow. Wow. MySpace. Throwback. So I was the uh, president of the motorcycle club, and every year we would get models, and she had a modeling page. Mm -hmm. So we reach out to her, and she comes in just to be one of the models, and we meet. I think she's beautiful, but you know she was a little slender, right? A little slender. And um, you know, years go by. She she models for us, and we're friends. And it took a turn. Like many many years later, it took a turn. I bumped into her, and it was like, hey, I know you, but she had had a baby. Yeah. It had been a few years since we had seen each other. <laughs> that looked I, a lot different. She looked a lot different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's his version of the story. That's my version. It's pretty, it's pretty close to the... It's it is accurate. Actually, but, you know. Right. Come on, that's what What I love, right, is that, you know, how the serenity is saying, like, that's his version of the story. And it makes me think of that Martin Lawrence episode, right, where Martin and Gina are giving their rendition of how they met, right? <laughs> And they're like, you know, I came walking through and she's drooling. Right. <laughs> you know, that whole deal. But it's nice to hear that you're saying that that's, that's pretty accurate about yeah. how you met. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> no, so then for Serenity, then, like, what was it for you that you were like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to pursue this. So, it, it honestly, it was an accident. Like, it was a complete accident. So, like he said, we met in 2009. You know, we had been associates for many years. Um, it had been about three years since we had seen each other when we bumped into each other again at a friend's party. This was in 2014. And unbeknownst to me at that party, he was like, yo, your friend? <laughs> like, that's me. That's me. This, this, this is his conversation with, with our mutual friend. That's what happened. So... You know, fast forward at the time, you know, I was going through a separation and so I wasn't looking to date anybody. I wasn't 
I'd at all even thinking about it. Um, this was just my friend. So we're, we're hanging out and like over the course of time as we're hanging out, literally what I used to call friend dates because that's really all it was. Like I didn't even look at him that way. Um, over the course of that time when I was getting to know each other, like it just went from like, Oh, this is my, this is my, my coolest friend. So like, Oh wow, you're kind of cool. Like you know, and you just, I guess, like getting to know somebody differently, and especially because we weren't trying to date each other, we're we're vulnerable. You know, when mm-hmm. when when you don't got to put up that front, like things come out, I guess. And so mm-hmm. we just kind of naturally started to really, really like each other. <laughs> I love it. And the universe did the rest of the work, right? Sounds like the yeah, universe. God, yeah. God did it. He did the rest of the work. I yes. love it. Awesome, awesome. Okay. No, that that's a great story. So thank you so much for sharing. So to lighten it up a bit, right? Just to kind of see like what vibe you guys share. I'm gonna set up a scenario for you. Let's so say you guys go to a party and you know you're mingling with different people and you're on opposite sides of the room. What song comes on that you both know to make a beeline to the dance floor? I, I got it. I got one. You got one? I got go, one. Go with it. I'll see if I agree. Okay. Is Good Kisser by Usher? Absolutely. That's so, so she didn't go there. Like, I let her go first. Man, if you're watching, pay attention. I let her go first so I didn't say the wrong thing. <laughs> Because the other one was going to be, um, was Beyonce's joint from the wedding, baby. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I knew Wait, it no, go ahead and name it. No, yeah, it's the one. Is it Love on Top? We like right. this part. Right. 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 That's what we want. Honey, honey, I can see. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, she's the same. Okay. I don't know what's happening. I expect her to take over. Uh, I'm the dancer. She sings. I don't know what's happening. It's cool. <laughs> Those are both good songs, though. So, <laughs> so you guys like to have a good time. No, that's awesome. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> that, that that was one of our early on commonalities. Right. I was like, and you oh, both are Gemini's too. We right? are both Gemini. Our birthdays are a week apart, so there's a lot of personalities that live in our house. Right. Two of mm-hmm. our kids are Gemini's too, so yeah. Right, the twins Fun time. are Gemini's. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just call it, you do the math. I'm yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of personality. That's a right. lot of personality going on. But while we're talking birthdays, tell them about the anniversary, how that came together. That's really yes. Cool. So, um, so I, I, I'm big on numbers. Like I'm my, I was a math major. Like I don't know, I love numbers. And so our wedding anniversary was important to me. Like it couldn't just be any old date. Um, and it just so happened to work out that there was a Saturday that combined my birthday, June seventh, and his birthday, June fourteenth. And so we got married on seven fourteen eighteen. Ah, yeah. never ever forget it. So even though you know, I don't expect to have dementia. It's not my style. God's got me. But if I had dementia, all I would have to remember is seven and fourteen. I'm good for having. That's it. You're good. That's right. it. Because I'm never going to forget a birthday or the anniversary. That's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. That's it. Smart. Smart, smart. Oh, you gotta be thinking. <laughs> so, you guys, you got this great energy, a lot of um, positivity. Seems like you guys are really connected, right? And we're thinking about this pandemic, right? And and relationships and how relationships, of course, have their good, their bad, they're indifferent, and they have their own obstacles and their own roller coasters. And then this pandemic hits, mm-hmm. and oh. So, 
How do you feel like the pandemic um, served your relationship? Yeah. Um, you want to go first? No, you got this. Uh, I think overall the pandemic did us a lot of good. Um, where some people are like, oh my God, I need to get away from my spouse. We were never really like that. And so being able to be in each other's face every day was a good thing. <laughs> um, and there were like, you know, like natural things that we had to work out because we, we share an office space. So that presented certain challenges. But um, overall, being able to be around each other and kind of just do more of whatever we had to do together um, has been pretty dope. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think what the pandemic did negatively now because I used to travel a lot for work, right? So I work for the state. I'd be all over the state, find the Buffalo, Syracuse all the time. She had gotten used to it. I had gotten used to it. Now, my wife goes to work for eight hours, <laughs> and I'm miserable. You feel me? Like, I went from being away from days at a time to now she's gone for eight hours. I'm just like, yo, why can't they just let you be remote full time? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> if you can do it three days, you can do it five. Monty, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny so, so that's that sounds like there was a little bit of a shift in the way you guys like were viewing quality time in terms of like what you were used to before the pandemic and what you're used to now yeah um i think it's probably because quality time for us <laughs> um we gotta we gotta get creative with our with our quality time. Like even though we're home a lot more, our kids are also home twenty four seven at this point. Um, and and we are a blended family of six, so there's us and four kids. Um, and three of for three of the kids basically have been with us full time since the since the start of the pandemic. So it's not like we really you know got to get away or you know have much time just us um certainly not how we used to you know how we used to have it pre the pre-quarantine so i think for us just the fact that we're able to be in each other's presence more is like quality time like any little break um i don't know if we take a break at the same time for work like that's 15 minutes that we get to spend together you know as opposed to just whatever craziness <laughs> right i like it i like it so so then with that quality time, there comes important communication, right? Because when you even think about time that you have to spend together and then also time that you may want to get by yourselves, right? How, um, how has communication been for you during the pandemic? You want to take this yeah, I'll take this one. You've <laughs> talked a little bit, so I'll talk now. <laughs> uh, so for, for us, communication is everything. Like, you know, you're using it specifically... Uh, in regards to quality time, but communication is going to keep you covered on all bases, whether it be, um, you know, finances, sexuality, everything is covered in communication. So the ability to say to my wife, like, hey, babe, I'm going through, I need to go sit by the water. The water's my safe space. You know, and her being able to receive that, it's been very important. And even when she's going through, like, sometimes it's it's the nonverbal. So I'll pick up on her being super stressed about some things. And I say, you know what, babe? Like, I'm going to give you the room, take some time do what you do because we, we deal with our things differently. So that awareness is, is all in the communication and being able to have those conversations. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that, that sounds like awareness 
but then also this level of respect, right? So it's like, I'm aware that I can pick up on your nonverbal cues that says that you need space. And sometimes in couples, we can pick up on those cues and either we feel this strong desire to make it better. So we force ourselves on that partner and we're like, hey, what's the matter? Well, no, well, you're acting like this and you didn't look like right. this before. Well, your face is tight, right? But right. there's this line that says, you know what? They're, they're experiencing something right now. And though I desire to make it better, I need to give them that space for them to work it out on their own. And when they want me to come in, they'll say, hey, the door is open. Come on in. Mm -hmm. yep. And that, so that's, that's actually, important. that is exactly how it happened for us. So it didn't start at this end point. We went through exactly what you just described, where he would notice something and be like, what's the matter? What's wrong? And like by the third, what's the matter? Now I'm annoyed that you keep asking me what's the matter because nothing was wrong until that fourth one came in. I'm like, like bro, like, but there was really something but there wrong. Was something wrong. many people can can relate to sometimes we don't even know what's wrong yet right. i'm just in a space and i haven't dissected why i'm in this space yet so you asking me what's wrong three times isn't helping me it's only adding to my agitation so mm -hmm. um so we went through a process where um i had to realize that that's what was going on like you're asking me you're trying to help you're trying to be helpful and i appreciate you but i haven't even processed it yet to be able to say anything to you so you're only adding to the frustration and in, in, in being able to communicate that to him he was then able to assess you know when he needs to fall back and when he can you know jump in right yeah that's a skill not everybody can do that yeah. true true skill yeah yeah no and like and just hearing you guys go through that process i think that like set up like the, the next question that i had in terms of how do you deal with criticism from your partner, right? Like you just had, Serenity, you just shared the experience of, you know, Will questioning and checking on you, but how that was annoying, right? So how do you communicate that criticism? And then Will, like, how do you receive it? Mm -hmm. That's really good. So we have this thing called an MOT, um, which is our, our moment of transparency. And when we start with that, we understand that there's going to be something sensitive following that statement. Um, and, and as the receiver, it's your position, not, it's your uh, responsibility not to like, basically to give that person space to express whatever it is that they need to express, um, to not, you know, be ready with an answer before they've even gotten through the, through the thing. Um, and as the person speaking, you know, by the point you, by the time you've arrived to an MLT, you, you've thought this through. <laughs> So you're able to communicate it in a way where the criticism isn't attacking um, as much as I'm trying to make us better. Um, so that, that I think is, is one thing. Yeah. It's the best thing we got. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the MOT is very powerful for us and we use it well. It's not something that if you need an MOT for everything, something's really right. broken. Right. Something's yeah. really broken. So when, when I hear the MOT or she hears the MOT, it's like, all right, this is, this is major. And you posture yourself. Um, on both sides, like she said, I'm not going to echo too much of that. But I think one of the key things she said is it's to make us better. Mm -hmm. Like there's no MOT that's going to come forth that's not to make us better. So that's a conversation that needs to happen. And not only does it need to happen, it needs to happen in such a way where we both respect each other, mm -hmm. respect each other's opinions, and can take that criticism, not as criticism, but as feedback. Right? Because right? when, when you understand as a human being, you're always evolving and there's always room for growth you leave room and space for someone that loves you to tell you how you can grow to help us grow. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it takes trust, right? Cause I feel like trust is that glue then because I have to be able to trust 
what you're giving me that you aren't trying to hurt me. And that's where that love comes in, right? Trust absolutely kind of going hand in hand because I could love you, but if I got trust issues what may have nothing to do with my partner, right? right. Tell me something. I'm like, oh, you're out to get me or to make me feel bad or you're trying to break me down when if we can lean into that love, I want you to build that trust, right? That absolutely enemy. I'm trying to help us be better. Absolutely. And, and I think like just hearing you guys explain, you know, the MOT and, and how you use it, I think it, it I think what's probably most crucial is that it disables that defense mechanism mm-hmm. that kicks in every time somebody says, Oh, well you hurt my feelings when or whatever the offense might be. Mm-hmm. It's like you're like, Oh, Oh, you know, that can't be right and, you know, well, and we're trying to throw something else back at them. I think it just allows a person to really, truly listen instead of, like, a typical argument or a typical exchange of criticism. Yeah, so, like, even... So stress is present, right? I think stress is in our lives, <laughs> right? And then the pandemic came along and just added more stress, right? And so when you talk about the stress of the pandemic, it's not just that we maybe can't go to work or we're seeing our partners go to work for eight hours and we're not used to that and we're sitting <laughs> right? But not just like that, but also that we're in a traumatic event, right? And the things that are going on around us can be triggering for us. So to manage that stress, right, is really important. What do you all do for stress management so that you can have good moments of MOTs and so that you can be receptive? You guys, what's your woo-saw moments, right? What do you do to, to get yourself together? You want to go first? But, no, go first. Um, so there's, there's a couple of things, and I'm going to go from one extreme to the other. Okay. So one big thing, one huge thing is I pray. Um, we are, we are both, uh, believers. We are strong in our faith and prayer and our relationship with God is, is huge. Um, so there are going to be times where I feel overwhelmed and I just have to stop and say a quick prayer (laughs) and just let myself sit in that for a minute. Um, that's one, that's one side. And now to something, well, it's not really opposite because it's still worship. Um, sex is a whole thing. Okay. So, um, it's actually something I think that commonly, whatever people think it's, it's a man thing. Like oh, men always want to have sex. Women never want to have sex. And there are times that and we've experienced it through the pandemic where um, it's taken a dip. And for whatever reason, like you, everything else gets, gets put on top of that, right. On top of the intimacy with your partner. Um, but it's, it's the fact of the matter is when we do make time for that, I feel a whole lot better in myself. <laughs> like when we're able to connect in that way, when we're able to have that in those intimate moments, um, it's a reminder that this is not just for him. <laughs> like I, this actually helps me de-stress. So yeah, those are two of my main things. <laughs> One, I'm just going to highlight how giddy you got, right? <laughs> like, we don't even know what's about to happen when this recording is over. <laughs> you are extremely giddy about it. You're like, you know what? Hey, I feel better. Okay. I just wanted yeah. to. Because I think we have been taught through, like, you know, movies and media and, and yeah. nature that that release is only satisfying to men, right? Mm-hmm. And our job is to kind of serve in that way, but right. we have desires too, right? And so I got to get mine if you won't get yours, right? <laughs> okay. so, right. What about for you, uh, Will? Oh, she hit the nail on the head, like, first oh, of all. Okay, so she covered them both for you. Yeah, be- beyond, beyond prayer, it is just the connectivity 
with God in church. Um, she said, you know, we're very, you know, strong in our faith, but also strong in our presence with God. So, like, we are very active in the church. She sings in the praise team. Uh, I'm a minister, a youth minister, so I'm active with the youth and all other ministers. So I have a strong support system outside of my traditional friends that share some of the beliefs and know how to cover me and uplift me. And that's so necessary. So, um, you know, God and, and my faith get me through. Um, sex, absolutely. Like, more please. You know, like, I'm <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, I will never say no. Um, you know, that that's there. And then, you know, also, like I said, the water, man. Like, I go to the water. I'll be stressed there. Um, and it's just good to kind of enjoy the elements, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We learned, I think, one, one thing that we, uh, one other thing that we learned was to kind of take the moments to to just to give ourselves a break. <laughs> like, we, we can't excel at everything. Like, we can't be great teachers and parents and principals and lunch ladies and this and this and this and this. Um all at the same time. Uh, and so giving ourselves permission to sit down for an hour and play a video game yeah. or play the piano, like do whatever, like literally just kind of allows us to release creative, uh, creatively um, is another way that we've just been able to kind of like, right. I think, uh, expel some stress. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It sounds like permission and grace, right? Because mm-hmm. if I can accomplish it all and I can't do it all, I got to give myself grace for that and say, yes. But I did know with all of these other things, we had a guest on our first season and she says, look, today I might not be a great mom, but I'll be a great wife, right? Tomorrow Mm -hmm. I might be a great wife, but maybe I'm not a great mom. Oh, I think Mm -hmm. that's twice. But you know, you'll be a great mom one day and a great wife one day, but that you can't be all that greatness in one day and to give Mm -hmm. you grace for that but not even just giving ourselves grace but again giving our partners grace that maybe to my partner doing x y and z but now that we're in this pandemic things are a little different i might have to flex those expectations or give more grace in that because Mm -hmm. we're all going through it it's not just like me as the female or as the wife or you know going through it where the whole household is going through it even the little people who are doing Mm -hmm. learning right right? they don't want to do that either right Pray for us. Right. Okay. <laughs> Marguerite? Um, yeah, it was funny. I was just like, yeah, that's what's going on over here. Um, <laughs> um, what What would you guys say was the biggest, um, the biggest hurdle that you dealt with in your relationship as a result of the pandemic? <sighs> in our relationship. Um, I don't know. You no, I didn't have anything. So, it's not directly affect. Okay, I'm just gonna answer the question. (laughs) So, obviously, there's been a lot of loss this year. Um, We personally have lost many, many people. Um, to include my mother-in-law, and it wasn't as a direct as a result of COVID, but it was this year, nonetheless. Um, and that started to weigh, I think, on us. Um, and specifically, you, you almost have to, like, be aware of these things. Like, I know, that, I know that sounds funny, but you can almost forget that you've lost this many people and that it actually takes a toll on you, especially for somebody like my husband. He is a very um, positive spirit, like, all of the time. So there would be times where he'd be down 
and I'd be like, well, I didn't do nothing. Like, what's the problem? Like, and I'm taking it personally, not really considering the fact that we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> like, it's still quarantine. He's still grieving. Like, there's there's a thousand things unrelated to me that are happening that that can be affecting him. And because, and if I am not in tune with that, um, then other issues can arise between us and have a, have come up between us because I just wasn't aware. Um, so, so I would say that that's been one of the biggest things is just to be more, um, more sensitive to the situation at hand, um, to what may be going on in a given day, what, whether he expresses it or not. Um, and just try to be more in tune with, with, with his nonverbal cues. I think, um, also that was, that was pretty accurate. Um, and one of the things that I do, I didn't mention it earlier, but that I learned at a, a young age that I enjoy that helps me de-stress is I take the world on my shoulders all the time, but then I have set times where I travel and disconnect. So we're travelers, like we, we travel frequently and that's my disconnect and the pandemic put a stop to that. So I continue to put the world on my shoulders. I continue to do ministry. I continue to help people. Um, but I never had my chance to unplug, mm -hmm. and that's what got heavy, and I didn't realize it, and then it was just affirmed. Uh, we were able to get out the country uh, last month for a wedding in Mexico, and even in that five-day period, it was like, wow, like this is what's been missing, that ability to disconnect, because when I'm here, when I'm present, I'm literally counseling several men uh, with, with marital issues, I'm counseling children, like I'm I take the world on my shoulders. Uh, that is the price that I, I've agreed to pay uh, to help people through. So, you know, self-care is being able to unplug from it. Yeah. Uh, that was really uh, uh, powerful um, and, and, and transparent. And I think one of the things that you highlighted in this in that answer is really how important it is to not take things personally and to be aware. And because, again, we're all going through it. Like, I'll just use myself as an example. Like, if I have my needs right there in that moment, I might be a little selfish. And I'm thinking just of what my needs are, right? Yeah. What's going on for me. But I'm not being cognizant, intentionally cognizant, right, about what my partner needs, what my household needs, what those individuals in there need, because though we are one, we are still these separate entities. Right. When one is off, you can feel that shift in the vibration. You can feel that frequency change a little bit. And that yeah. means also what we experience in the household can change a little bit. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, that leads us to this. We want to do a part where we're going to like read a quote to you and then see what you take from it. Okay. So we're okay. going to read in skills. This is a public school <laughs> system. Okay. Here we go. All right. So, and I think it's right on time on what we were just talking about. So nothing that your partner does is personal. Your partner is dealing with her, her or his own garbage. If you don't take it personally, it would be so easy for you to have a wonderful relationship with your partner. What do you take from that? <laughs> ah, no true words haven't spoken. Um, no, it's it's so true. It's so true. And not just in your romantic relationships, but in any relationship. Um, I feel like I even talk to our kids about that with like, the, like they have their moments where they want to be uber sensitive and then one will say one thing and then the other one's like super offended. I'm like, but really? <laughs> like it wasn't even that deep. Um, or it wasn't even about you. And, and 
like that that to me is what that that entire statement is talking about like not everything is about you um as as a people we are innately self-centered and and we have to work not to be that way um and and, and if we are intentional about doing that work it it allows for just much happier days period <laughs> i think um i'm in agreement but then yeah yeah but, but i have to flip it on its head right because speaking to our experience it's never personal but that's not everybody's story like there are relationships out there where it's absolutely personal it's absolutely an attack it's absolutely a negativity and you have to be um perceptive to that and use your discernment to be able to tell if your partner's for you right because if, if you say oh it's it's not me it's not me it's not me i'm not gonna take it personal and this person is like attacking you you'll be stuck in a box that you've put yourself in. So I, I want the listeners to be aware of that, like, use your discernment and understand that while this is our story and it's absolutely our story, it's never personal, this may not be your story. That's a really good point. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That is an interesting point. Yeah. No, that is. That is. Okay, second, second quote. If you take your happiness and put it in someone's hands, Sooner or later, he or she is going to break it. If you give your happiness to someone else, he or she can always take it away. Then, if happiness can only come from inside you and is the result of your love, you are responsible for your happiness. Can you read that one again? happiness and put it in someone else's hands sooner or later he or she is going to break it if you give your happiness to someone else he or she can always take it away then if happiness can only come from inside of you and is the result of your love you are responsible for your happiness so so to me this the, it, it still feels very riddleish um but simply because we don't believe that our happiness comes from us. Um, so our, our happiness, well, well happiness, as, as people stated, is, a, forget what the quote is, but like, it, it's based on what's happening around you, right? So it's like, it's a, I don't know, it's an occurrence. Um, but joy is, is, is what we attribute, um, I guess, what the rest of the world considers happiness, right? Is, is, a, is, is a state of happiness, if you will. Um, and our and joy comes from the Lord. So, for it's it's I don't know that's why because it's I don't want to get too like churchy <laughs> but um but our source of joy is God um now to the the earthly I guess aspects of this um I agree that nobody else can make you happy which is what I'm taking away on on that level of it that um it is not another person's responsibility to make you happy and if you put your happiness um if you make your happiness someone else's responsibility yes you will be let down um so it is something that that you have to harness um and cultivate yeah that's that's it yeah, that's <laughs> it's a total riddle yeah all right i think we have one more right marguerite yeah yeah in the track of fear we have so many conditions, expectations, 
and obligations that we create a lot of rules just to protect ourselves against emotional pain. When the truth is that there shouldn't be any rules, these rules affect the quality of the channels of communication between us because when we are afraid, we lie. End quote. End quote. End quote. <laughs> Do you, you got anything for that? I do. I'll let you go first. No, you, you go. I'm going to go first? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm still processing. You're still processing? <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, so I'm kind of a rebel. I, I don't do fear. Um. But in listening to this, I realized that I have done fear, even with us, previous to getting to a good space. Because, again, what you see here is as a result of us realizing we can't do this alone, mm -hmm. so focusing on God, but then also getting worldly counsel. Mm -hmm. So we went through therapy and stuff to get to where we are, and we apply those techniques when we're off. So I realized, listening to what you said, that, yeah, fear can put you into some really uncomfortable spaces with your, with your loved one, and I think what's made us better now is that we've removed that fear. We have an understanding between the two of us that we're stuck. Like, there's nothing this woman can do that's going to unstick us, and vice versa. We, re we, we, we did what we like to say, we removed the exit strategy. Right. When you have an exit strategy, then you have this if thing. If they do this, then I'm out. Or if they do that, then I'm out. And you start planning and plotting before you know it, you start feeding that wolf. But when you remove that exit strategy, it also removes the fear, which allows us to have this honesty between the two of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which leads to those MOTs, right? Because exactly. There is no fear, right, about yeah. what this person is going to say or, you know, how it's going to make me feel. There's this faith that you all seem to be leaning in on. There's this trust that you seem to have as glue. And then there's this love and joy that kind of go hand mm -hmm. in hand. And it still seems to lean back into the relationship that you both have established with God. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's, that's what's up. That's what's up. Wow. So as, 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 as we wrap this up a little bit, what is something that you want other married couples out there to, to lean into as they kind of navigate this pandemic and their relationship through the pandemic? Because when you're in the house, you're in the house with your boo, right? Um, and when you are out in the world, you still have to come back to your home to kind of process what you experienced in the world. So what is something that you would pour into our listeners, if anything else, I would say um, it's it's super 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 important to recognize that um, you and your spouse are on the same team, uh, and if that's not your current reality, then that's what you should be working towards. Um, because if ever you find yourself in a point where you guys are against one another, um, it's you're doomed. Like there's there's no there's no way to to grow from that. Um, so step one get on the same side <laughs> get on the same side um and i think just to, to this kind of ties in with with the last quote that we read like um you have to be willing to be to be vulnerable um and be open not just with your partner but with yourself um to be able to like kind of get to the root of why you feel how you feel about things or um why you respond to certain things away and then be able to have that communication with your partner. Um, this has been, I think for many couples, a learning process where they spent more time with their partners than they may have had in years mm -hmm. and, and are realizing that they have to relearn who their partner is, um, or learn who their partner is in this 
pandemic, like in, in, in as a response to this stress, um, and then also learn who they are. So it's it's kind of this like culmination of um, reflecting, <laughs> reflecting on you, reflecting on on, on your partner, um, and then keeping an open dialogue, like just keep an open dialogue. Yeah, and that, <laughs> I think for me, I, I had uh, one point that's actually two, and that's uh, seek help. Right, so. On one side, like in our community, unfortunately, uh, it's it's frowned upon to go get therapy or it's frowned upon to go seek professional guidance. I tell you, we wouldn't be here without that. Right. Like, period. There were things in me, things in her that were uncovered. And I was like, oh, shoot, that's from when I was six, fam. Like, that's crazy. And I had to deal with those things. So, so on that side of seek help, it's okay. Like, and it's a perfect time because you can do it right from your living room virtually, no differently mm-hmm. than we're doing now. And you can get the help you need pretty easily. And because the mental crisis has come along with the pandemic, mm-hmm. so many people are doing it for free, pro bono, right? Like, so search it out and get that help. And then the second thing, second part of get help is partner with like-minded people, right? Like right. We're, we're developing and have continuously developed friends that we have that have similar beliefs. So if I call one of my homies, I'm like, yo, my wife made me upset. He's not going to be like, Leva, meet me at the club. Let's go get a drink. Like, that's not what you need. You need people that are going to go, okay, cool, no doubt. So how are we going to get this right? And that's the type of people I have in my corner, both couples and my guys. And if you don't fit that box, you no longer fit my life. If you don't if you don't see that this is forever and you're talking crazy, then you've got to go. So seek help, both professionally and then we develop your circle to make sure there are people that think like you and support what you're trying to build. No, thank you so much for saying that because I think in our community, like culturally, we we are all, a lot of us operate off of, you know, don't be telling your business to just mm-hmm. anybody. Right. And then that creates this, the, the problems that fester and build and mm-hmm. go, you know, un- diagnosed for so long and just become really ugly and really nasty so thank you so much for highlighting like that there are professional services for people to um to utilize Uh, Mm -hmm. because i think um it's a game change it could be a game changer for a lot absolutely oh i just want to add one thing too um he alluded to this a little bit earlier, but we we have not always been this way. And even now, we're not perfect by any means. Yeah. Um, but we we've dealt with some stuff, some heavy stuff. Like we've dealt with infidelity, you know, we've dealt with like physical encounters um with one another. We've dealt with some stuff. Right. Um, but the one thing that allowed us um but beyond obviously all of the, the, the services and such that, that we went after, like we committed to seeing it through. Right. Um, like you said, we don't have an exit strategy and that didn't just happen when we got married. Um, we were committed to seeing, to working through the infidelity. We were committed to working through, um, the, the, the mistrust that then occurred, like, and all of these things. And then, like he said, our own issues. So, um, if, if the two people <laughs> are committed to the results, it doesn't matter how many times you stumble. It doesn't matter you know, what you experience in the process from here to there, as long as you stay committed, you will get there. Stay committed and, and surround yourself with good people. <laughs> You'll get there. That was awesome. I told you that was good. We told you it was good. You want more, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How could you not love Will 
in serenity. Like they're now friends in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out to them mm-hmm. so that they could be friends in real life. But, um, right. And I mean, if you want to check them out and be their friends, you know, they said that it was okay. Cause we did ask permission because that's what friends do is ask permission <laughs> to share contact information. Okay. Hint, hint to all the friends who don't do that. But if you want to check out Will, he is at Mr. Underscore Smith 0614. And if you want to check out Serenity, I say you check out both. You can't check out one without checking the other. No, no, no. (laughs) Is Soulful Serenity and the number one. So check them both out on Instagram. Connect with them. Um, They are amazing individuals. But who we have coming up next is just as amazing and powerful and so aware um, and connected. Yes. So you don't want to miss the next conversation that's coming out next week with Tony and Alex. So stay tuned for that and make sure you hit that subscribe button and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at N-E-C-E-S-S-I-T podcast. Thanks for listening.